وَقَالُوا And they say, their excuses for not listening. What are their excuses? That قُلُوبُنَا Our hearts are fi akinnatin. They are inside coverings. Akinna is a plural of the word kinan. Kaf, noon, noon. And kinan is used for a protective covering. A wrap. So they say our hearts are within protective coverings. They are wrapped. They are veiled. They are masked. And when something is masked, then what does it mean? What does it mean? Is something going in? Is something coming out? No. It's closed. It's sealed. So they say, they themselves are saying, our hearts are within coverings, mimma concerning that which tad'una ilayhi, you call us to. Meaning that which you call us to, through this Qur'an, and what is it that the Prophet ﷺ invited the people to through the Qur'an? Tawheed, belief in the hereafter. Right? Beautifying their character. Analyzing their actions, their treatment of others. Right? So they said that our hearts are within coverings concerning that which you invite us to. What does this mean? This means that our hearts are already full. Because when is it that you wrap something, you close it? When it's full. Right? So our hearts are already full. We have no space for what you call us to. Our hearts are fully occupied. So this is why we can't even offer you a listening ear to pay attention to the Qur'an so that we can accommodate it in our hearts. No, we have enough. We know enough. We are in no need of the Qur'an. This is what they meant. وَقَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا فِي أَكِنَّةٍ مِمَّا تَدْعُونَ إِلَيْهِ وَفِي and in, another excuse, أَذَانِنَا, our ears, plural of the word udun, in our ears is waqrun, heaviness. Heaviness, weight. This is what waqr means. And when it's used for ears, it refers to deafness. Alright? So it's as if they're saying that the Qur'an is too heavy for us to listen to. It's too confusing and boring. So listening to it is very hard and it's unbearable. Just as when there's a heavy weight that you're carrying, eventually what happens? It becomes unbearable. So they say listening to it is unbearable for us. It's very difficult. And then another excuse they say, وَمِن بَيْنِنَا وَبَيْنِكَ And between us and you is hijabun, a screen, a curtain. There is a barrier between us and you. A screen preventing us from understanding you. So we don't get what you're saying. مِن بَيْنِنَا وَبَيْنِكَ حِجَابٌ So, فَعْمَلْ O Prophet ﷺ, you go ahead and work and do what you gotta do. إِنَّنَا Indeed we عَامِلُونَ ones who do, meaning we are gonna do what, what we wanna do. You do your thing, we're gonna do our thing. These words, imagine, these words that these people are saying, what do they mean by these excuses or by these statements? that we have no interest in the Qur'an. Our hearts are already full, our minds are already full, and besides, listening to the Qur'an is too difficult, we're not interested in it, and then there's a barrier between us and you, there's such a huge difference between us and you now, because of this deen of yours, we have become like aliens to each other, so you know what, you go your way, we go our way. 
Our ways are not the same anymore. These words are basically expressing their extreme dislike and aversion to the Qur'an. Because even if they said these words from their mouths, in their hearts, they couldn't really deny the Qur'an. Which is why the greatest enemies even, in the middle of the night, they would go and try to listen to the recitation of the Qur'an. But these words are expressing their extreme aversion and their dislike towards the Qur'an. You see, at the beginning what is mentioned, heart. The heart is the center. Right? It's the king. Whatever enters the heart, enters the whole body. Because the heart is the king, the ruler, the boss of the whole body. Right? And the windows of the heart are the ears and the eyes. Whatever we see, whatever we listen to, that is what enters the heart. With regards to the hearts, they say, the hearts are in covers. With regards to the ears, they say, they're heavy. With regards to the eyes, they say there's a screen between us and you. So if all the means of guidance are closed, they themselves have closed the doors, how is the haq going to go in? How is the truth going to penetrate? Allah says in Surah Al-Saf, Ayah 5, فَلَمَّا زَاغُوا أَزَاغَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ When they deviated, then Allah caused their hearts to be deviated. Meaning they are closing the doors of guidance themselves. For their hearts, they say, too full. Ears, too heavy. Eyes, there's a screen. So if they are closing the doors of guidance upon themselves, why would guidance be forced onto them? Qul, say. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, respond to them and say, Innama, indeed only, Ana, I am, Basharun, a human being, Mithlukum, like you. I am a human being, just like you. Yuha ilayya. And it has been inspired to me, Annama, that indeed only, Ilahukum, your God, is Ilahun wahid, is one God. Before we go into the tafsir of the ayah, I want you to look at two words here, Innama and Annama. What's the difference? What's the difference? Innama, Annama. So in the spelling, what's the difference? The fatha and the kasra. One begins with inna, the other begins with anna. What's the meaning of the word inna? What's the meaning of the word anna? That indeed. Right? Indeed, that indeed. So basically they're saying the same thing, indeed. And ma, in both cases, is giving the meaning of only. Right? Meaning nothing but this. Now, there is a, a slight difference in the spelling. Alright, and remember that the word inna, alright, inna comes at the beginning of a sentence. Alright? Inna and all its forms, inna, innama, i, with the kasra, alright? It comes where? At the beginning of a sentence. Now you might say, well, the ayah begins with the word qul. Alright? But remember that a sentence in the Arabic language, a jumla, is not necessarily what begins after an ayah mark and ends with another ayah mark. Okay? One ayah can have multiple sentences. Because what is a sentence? A statement, a combination of a few words that give a complete meaning. Alright? So, قُلْ is a command and then begins a sentence. إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ So, at the beginning is inna, And if there is a need to emphasize somewhere in the middle, then the word anna is used.
Do you understand? Inna at the beginning of sentence and anna is where? Where? In the middle. Back to tafsir. So, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا إِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ I am here to tell you that your God is one God. That is what I am inviting you to. And you say this is too difficult to understand? You say there is a screen between me and you, and so you can't even understand the simple fact? You don't get this clear message? Your God is one God. And when He is one, then what should you do? فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ فَاسْتَقِيمُوا You all take a straight course. إِلَيْهِ to Him. إِسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ From the word istiqama. Istiqama from iqama, which is from qiyam. Qama yaqumu. Qaf wal meem. What does that mean? Qiyam. To stand up. Right? Qaim is a person who's standing. Alright? Iqama. What does iqama mean? To make something stand. To raise, establish, to set up something. So for example, iqama tu salah. What is iqama tu salah? The setting up of prayer. Meaning the time has entered. Everybody get together now. Form your rows. Right? Set up yourselves for prayer. That is iqamatu salah. From this establishing the prayer, meaning performing the prayer correctly, properly, at the right time, regularly, consistently. Alright, that is iqamatu salah. Now, here we have the word istiqama. Istiqama. Alright? The seen and the ta, extra letters, giving extra meaning. Like for example, iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'een. Nasta'een. Alright? What does that mean? We seek help. Alright? Istikhara. What does istikhara mean? We're seeking khair. Alright? We're asking Allah for khair. So the seen and the ta, istif'al, it has multiple benefits. One benefit is that it gives the meaning of seeking. That you're seeking something. Alright? But every word that has the seen and the ta in it, like mustaqim, istiqama, doesn't necessarily give the meaning of seeking. Alright? Another benefit is, so we have to look at other benefits of these additional letters, and that is mubalagha. What is mubalagha? To do something excessively. Alright? Excessively. With a lot of effort. Strenuously. So, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا He doesn't mean that you should seek straightness. What it means is, that you should become upright, you should do your best, and become upright in the way that Allah wants you to. So istiqama, this is the second benefit that I gave you of the letter seen and ta, and that is, that is of mubalagha, alright, of trying your best to do something really well. So Istiqama is to become right, to become straight, to take the right direction. What does it mean? To take the right direction. Rashada. Just as the word mustaqim. What does mustaqim mean? One that is straight. Alright? Meaning one that is rightly guided. It's gonna take you to the destination. 
Istiqama also means to continue in the way of truth. To continue in the way of truth, how undeviatingly. Meaning once a person is on the path, then they don't deviate from it. Which is why the word istiqama is also used for steadfastness and stability and firmness on the right path. So what are the two meanings of istiqama? The first meaning is to become right in a right state, to become straight, to take the right course, to take the right direction. So a person was previously misguided and now he takes the right course. And the second meaning of istiqama is to become to become firm, firm and steadfast. So fastaqimu ilayhi. What does it mean? Ilayhi to him, to who? To Allah. Make him your ultimate goal and concern. Take a straight course towards him. Right? Fastaqimu ilayhi. It's like buckle up, get ready, you know, for the journey. Alright? Adopt the right course. And once you're on the right course, then remain on it undeviatingly. Don't leave it, no matter what happens. Stay firm on it. Fastaqimu ilayhi. And how will you do that? Through faith and obedience. So believe in Him and do what He wants you to do. Wastaghfiruhu. And seek forgiveness from Him. For what? For what? Seek forgiveness for what? For your shortcomings. For your errors. Because, tell me something. When you get into the driver's seat, right? You just gave your G1 or your G2, whatever, you just passed your exam. Alright? And you remind yourself, okay, this is how I'm supposed to drive. And you know, you're very careful on the road. And you, you're driving. Right? This is fastaqimu ilayhi. You're following all the rules. And you're going straight to where you have to go. Are you going to make mistakes? Are you going to make mistakes? Of course you will. Are there going to be times when all of a sudden you hear people honking at you because you're not exactly in your lane? Does that happen? Yeah. Does it happen that you know you are speeding? Yes. Are you going to make mistakes? You're definitely going to make mistakes. So fastaqimu ilayhi. Make your goal who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your ultimate goal and concern should be Allah. And take a straight course towards Him, undeviatingly, meaning don't pursue something else or someone else. Your goal is Allah, now journey towards Him. And when you're on that path, as you make mistakes, what are you going to do? Dwell on those mistakes? No. وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ Seek forgiveness from Him. وَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ And woe, meaning a great destruction for those who associate others with Allah. When He alone is deserving of worship. But still they associate others with Him. For such people, a great destruction. Who are these people? الَّذِينَ They are those who لَا يُؤْتُونَ They do not give. الزَّكَاةَ دَزَكَاةَ Who are the mushrikeen? Those who do not give the zakah. Now what does it mean by zakah? What is zakah? One of the five pillars of Islam, right? What is zakat? Obligatory charity. Isn't it? Meaning, it's a certain percent of your money, of your assets or whatever it is, your property, that you have to give in charity at a certain time. You don't have any right over it. So for example, if you have a certain amount of gold, 
right? A certain amount. And you've been sitting with it for a whole year. Then after a year, you have to give a certain percentage of it away to who? To those who are deserving of it. That is zakat. Alright? Now, الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةِ Remember that zakat was something that was made mandatory later on in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So basically it was made mandatory after the hijrah in Medina. That is where the rulings came. Alright? So this surah is a Makki surah. You understand? It's a Makki surah. Technically there was no zakat at that time. So what does it mean by zakat over here? Well, it means charity. Because even if there is no zakat that a person has to give, but they have money, shouldn't they be giving charity to others? Even if your religion does not dictate that you must give in charity, doesn't your humanity, the fact that someone is needy, doesn't that demand from you that you give to those who are needy? Doesn't that? It does. So, الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْتُونَ zakata. The mushrikeen are being reprimanded over here. They're being criticized over here. Especially those who lived in Makkah. Because many of them were extremely wealthy. Extremely wealthy. But despite having so much wealth, they would not give to the poor. In fact, they would take more from the poor. So, الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْتُونَ zakata. Allah is criticizing them for their not giving charity. This is referring to zakatul mal. The word zakat over here can also be understood in its literal sense. Alright? And that is of purification. And that is zakatul nafs, purification of the soul. So, الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْتُونَ zakata, Those who do not give zakat, meaning those who do not perform purification. Meaning those who do not give their souls the purification that the souls need, the scrubbing that the souls need. And every soul, every person is in need of spiritual cleansing. Isn't it? Because the process of tazkiyah, tazkiyah, purification, what are the two main steps? The first step is takhliyah, right? To get rid of the filth. Isn't that what your mom teaches you all the time? When you're cleaning, first you, first you, get rid of the garbage. Right? First you, sweep the floor. You get rid of all the dust. First you, vacuum. Right? First you get rid of all the grease. First you, rinse the dishes. Isn't it? Then what do you do? What's the next step? Tahliya, adornment. Then you beautify. Alright? So, Every soul is in need of purification. Because as human beings, we have weaknesses, we develop bad habits, we end up doing things, saying things which are not appropriate, we end up developing certain bad habits that we don't even realize. So we have to pay attention to the state of our soul. So لا يؤتون الزكاتة They do not purify themselves of shirk, of other sins. وَهُمْ and they بِالْآخِرَةِ In the hereafter, هُمْ kafirun They are deniers. They deny the hereafter. They reject the hereafter. The hereafter, including resurrection, reward, punishment, accountability, they reject all of that. They don't believe in it. Now notice how all of these things are tied together. First is shirk, associating partners with Allah. 
And what's the reason behind that? Not knowing who Allah is. The second is not giving zakat. Not giving to those who are needy. Are not purifying themselves. And when would a person do that? When he doesn't understand himself. When he doesn't know himself. When a person forgets Allah, who does he forget? Himself. When a person forgets Allah, then who does he forget? The creation. So, الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ And then we see, وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ كَافِرُونَ They deny the hereafter. Because what is it that keeps a person attentive? Belief in the hereafter. Right? So, self-development, right? Zakat of the nafs, self-analysis, right? Analyzing oneself, they're essential for a Muslim. For the person who believes in Allah. It is necessary that he must see himself, recognize himself, that he must rid himself of spiritual impurities. And a person would pay attention to this when he understands Tawheed. When he understands that my master is one. It is Allah whom I have to please. And when a person believes in the hereafter as well. And when a person does not recognize Allah, then he is neither merciful to himself, nor is he merciful to the creation. On the other hand, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, those who believe. Believe in who? Allah. In the hereafter. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they also do righteous deeds. Because iman leads to amal. Whether it is the amal of tazkiyah, or it is the amal of zakat. So those who believe and do righteous deeds, لَهُمْ أَجْرٌ For them is a reward. What kind of reward? غَيْرُ mamnoon, Which is not going to be cut off. Which is not going to be interrupted. The word mamnoon is from the root letters meem, noon, noon. Man. Now the word man literally is used for that which is weighed by. Meaning anything with which you weigh things. Ma yuzanubihi. And mamnoon is mauzun, meaning that which is weighed. What is weighed? So for example, a bag of apples. Alright? It's weighed so that you know how much you're supposed to pay for it. Alright? So this is mamnoon, that which is weighed. Alright? Now, you remember the word manna? لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ Allah has certainly shown favor. So man is also used for a blessing, a favor. What kind of favor? Ni'ma thaqila, a heavy, major, important blessing. A huge favor. And from this, we are told, do not destroy your charities through man. What is man also? To remind someone of a favor that you've done to them. Because when you remind them, then that favor feels very heavy. Alright? So, أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ mamnoon. A reward that is غَيْرُ mamnoon. Mamnoon here, what does it mean? It means that the reward will not be such that they'll be constantly reminded of it, so that they feel burdened. Has it ever happened with you that you receive a gift? And because of that gift, you feel burdened? You feel burdened. You feel that instead of a gift, you've been given a burden. Why? Because now you have to return the favor. You understand? 
You've taken a favor, so now you have to return the favor. You've taken a favor, so now you have to pay for it. Right? Like for example, you enjoy a very amazing dinner, but then the bill comes. Right? And when the bill comes, you feel the burden of it. You understand? So, lahum ajrun غَيْرُ mamnoon. The first meaning is, that the reward is such that they will never be reminded of it such that they would feel burdened. So in other words, in Jannah, people will just chill and not have to worry about anything. In this world, what happens? Even from your parents, when you receive one gift after another, after another, after another, and then another, and then another, what happens? You feel kind of guilty. Do you feel like that? Or you don't? You're like, who cares? I'm getting it for free, so why should I bother? No, it's something normal. You feel burdened by receiving gifts. But in Jannah, there is no such burden. People don't have to feel guilty enjoying the blessings of Jannah. In dunya, do you feel guilty sometimes? For example, you go to your friend's house. all right, And the dinner table is laid out with food. And she says, Please help yourself. So you go and you pour a lot of food and you go and eat it. But then you really like it. And you want to go get another serving. Like, oh, it looks so bad. I already ate so much. How can I go get another serving? But then you go get it anyway. And then you want to take some home. Can you do that? You're like, no, have some haya. Isn't it? Stop already. But you're enjoying it. But with that enjoyment is a certain level of guilt or burden. In Jannah, there is no such burden. There is no such guilt. Even when you're on the millionth cup of your drink, there is no guilt. No guilt at all. Secondly, the word mamnoon, manna, also means to cut something. To cut something. Because in Arabic there is this expression that al-ihsan yaqta'ul lisan. That when you show favor to someone, it cuts off their tongue. Meaning then they can't say anything to you. So if you want to make someone quiet, Right? You want to make sure they don't criticize you? Just give them a huge gift. You give them a gift and that's it. They're never going to open their mouth against you. Okay? So this is what the word mamnoon also means. One that has been cut off. So غَيْرُ mamnoon, One that will not be cut off. Favors that will never end. Rewards that will never be exhausted. In dunya, does it happen? You have a certain number of points, certain number of rewards, certain number of chances, certain number of refills, and that's it. You run out of it. But in Jannah, غَيْرُ mamnoon. In Surah Al-Inshiqaq, Ayah 25, Allah says, لَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ mamnoon. In Surah Sa'd, Ayah 54, Allah says, إِنَّ هَذَا لَرِزْقُنَا مَا لَهُ مِنْ نَفَادٍ This is our provision, meaning that we shall give you, and it shall never ever be exhausted. Why? Why endless reward? For continuous deeds. Because istiqama, what does that require? That you start something good and then you leave after a month? You start something good, you do it for about a year or two, and then you stop, you give up. What is istiqama? Istiqama ilallah is that once you get behind the wheel and you start driving, you don't stop until you get to the destination. You don't give up in the middle. Because if you give up in the middle, you're not getting to the destination.
Istiqama requires continuity, steadfastness. So those who continuously obey their Lord, for them is a continuous reward. Because هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is the reward for Ihsan anything except for Ihsan? No. For Ihsan is Ihsan. What you do is what you get. So لَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونَ Because of their continuous effort. The Prophet ﷺ said, For a traveling or sick person, his deeds will be recorded in accordance with what he used to do when he was resident or well. Meaning if a person has a habit of doing something good. Alright? But then what happens one day, he's unwell. And because of that, he's sleeping. He's not able to stay awake. And because he's sleeping due to his illness, he's not able to do that good deed. So then, is he going to miss out on the reward? No. The reward is still going to be recorded. Why? Because he had a habit of performing that good deed. Likewise, now a person is traveling. And because of his travel, his routine is upside down. Alright? He missed that window or that time when he could perform that good deed. So is he going to miss out on the reward? No. Allah is generous for those who are steadfast in His way. Recitation of these ayat. وَقَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا فِي أَكِنَّةٍ مِّمَّا تَدْعُونَا إِلَيْهِ وَفِي آذَانِنَا وَقْرُ وَفِي آذَانِنَا وَقْرُ وَمِن بَيْنِنَا وَبَيْنِكَ حِجَابٌ فَاعْمَلْ إِنَّنَا عَامِلُونَ قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا لَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونٍ